evolve and its return to the world and that lasting impact and the impact in general as it comes back. But before we get started, remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But, but, you know, let's get started and let's talk about some baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Baseball is back and now they're leading the charge and there's a lot of, it took a long time actually, as you can tell, we mentioned it in our third episode of should sports come back during the pandemic, during the pandemic and it really was really interesting how it went down and to be honest I was like please just get a deal will you like come on get a deal or something like don't or or else kiss it goodbye and who knows what would have happened but both the players association and the owners agreed they made some concessions that to be honest I actually pretty like pretty pretty like it and we're gonna break it down and and just really dive into the details of how baseball will be and how how it's gonna make things interesting especially for the teams that if you put put them in the regular season oh they're gonna have the worst record some of them will still have the worst record but teams that normally creep in the 79-80 win season someone can win probably even up to 30 games and still make the playoffs. Well, and I'm going to correct you on something real quick. The owners and players, they never reached an agreement. The season is mandated by Commissioner Rob Manfred. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, the only thing that the players and owners actually agreed to was the health protocol and the safety with everything going on pandemic-wise. Everything else has been a mandate by the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. Oh, okay. So there was no really true agreement that was reached. Um, And, you know, as someone who has been intense following these labor negotiations and everything, you just are, you're just scared because, like, you're just worried about what's going to happen when we negotiate the CBA this winter or even if we're going to even have a season next year. If the players are going to go on strike, we don't know. And Mm -hmm. it's a big fear that we got because it's just like, what's going to happen? We don't know, but but we know this season is going to be nuts and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I do agree with that. And thank you for the correction. I've only been following somewhat what's going on, but only the drama is what I care about because that's what you expect from baseball or any sports, but baseball is just... If you really pay attention to it, it's a lot of drama. But, but yeah, and some of those rules that, or mandates that Commissioner Manfred has made, one of them which I actually love, you know, Universal DH. Why not? Why not have both leagues send their best hitters? Make it a mono and mono duel. That way, both have, it, have an advantage. Go right at it. I think to me that is the best rule out there, along with extra innings, have a man on second base. Ooh, I like that, you know, like you're adding, you're spicing it up. That means, okay, there's the pitcher, whoever you're pitching, it's your job. Well, actually, the defense, it's like, hey, you better be at it or else. And that gets the offense even more motivated. It's like, okay, I got a man on second. I need to score the winning run. Or, hey, 
whoever and easy peasy. That's going to be, I think, the major point where you and I differ on this. I really do not like a man on second base to start off extra innings. Um, I'm okay Why? with universal DH because it seems that's where the game's going. You know, I like seeing the pitchers hit. I like seeing DH and AL versus pitchers hitting in NL. I think it's fantastic. But I also know there's tons of pitchers that prefer not to hit and are actually pretty crappy at it. So it's just like, you know, that's an aspect of the game that might die out, and I'm kind of okay with that. But when it comes to a runner on second base during extra innings, I just don't like that. And it's mostly because the game itself in extra innings, the whole point is, you know, just this throughout. It's basically just the same as any other inning. It's the whole point is to get a run in any way possible. But when you put that man on second base to start, it feels like they didn't earn that. And it also feels like it's just going to be bunch, small bunting, 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 bunting. And the league is focusing more on offense which is okay, but they're also forgetting a large part of their game is mostly defense, where teams are only up to bat maybe three times a game. And it's, you know, and I love small ball. I play small ball. That's that's my okay. thing. I don't do, I can't, I haven't hit a home run yet in like my baseball career, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm strictly, you know, small ball guy, you know, but the fact that, you know, they didn't earn that runner there. It's just mind-boggling to me because it's, you know, it's just like, well, they didn't earn that. It almost feels like it's going to be an unearned run marked against the pitcher, whereas it could, instead of an earned run, and it, though the stats will count, call it an earned run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get your opinion and all, and, and really that's something that I never thought about, but doesn't it, like, for instance, you've seen bunting. You're a small ball guy. Don't you see, like, when someone's about to bunt, they know it's coming? Like, do you think it? Is that something, like, that should be think, thought about? Like, hey, like, the defense, the defense, like, even though you may say the defense may not work, but hey, look, look at it this way. They know they're going to bunt, so hey, be ready for it, you know? Okay, the defense will not go away in that aspect. Occasionally, there'll be someone that will trick them, which hey, Baseball, it's, it's about the mind trick, and we've seen a lot of plays that require the mind. So, I think to be honest with you, like, I understand that they didn't earn it, whereas that's something that at first maybe think about. But also, hey, it puts a lot of motivation on the defense to be like, okay, I, yeah, he didn't earn it, but guess what? We're, gonna, we're not going to allow a run. That puts a lot of a lot of motivation into the defense. All right. And, like, anytime you have a runner on base, the defense is always picked up, right? You know, as a third baseman, whenever there's runners on base, my awareness of everything going on multiple in, intensifies, like, tenfold because I my responsibilities at that point change mm-hmm. dramatically, you know? Whereas when there's no runners on base, I can almost relax yeah. because not as much is going to determine what's going on. But the fact that, you know, baseball itself is just a wild game. And no one has really been bunting in baseball for a while now. And so it's, in a way, it's kind of like the return of the bunt and small ball. Uh 
But the way the league is going, it just seems like having that runner on second base is just like, you know, a complete 360 going the other way. And so it's just like, okay, you have the league going this way, but in all reality, now we're going back. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, wait a minute, which way do you want to go? I'm okay with either way, but as a fan, I need to know which way I'm going, which way I can follow. And, you know, when you play, you know, games or video games Mm -hmm. of baseball, Sometimes you'll have that runner on base, and it's kind of fun because you're just trying to win a you know a pretend game, right? But when it's a real game, it just it just seems like it's going to be so fake, and I have yeah. no other way to describe it other than fake. But it also seems, you know, it's coming from the owners and Rob Manfred, who it seems just don't like baseball. We have quotes from the Cardinals guy who's saying it's not profitable on the baseball team, and it's just like, wait, what? You're the St. Louis Cardinals owner, and it's not profitable for you to own that franchise. You won World Series in 2011 against the Rangers. You were in it in 2013 against the Boston Strong team. Yeah. You know, you were almost were in it you got, they have, like they have last pretty, year. They won pretty much 11 World Series, which is mostly right. national. But, and so, you know, they've won a lot, and they're, you know, a well-respected franchise, big market, surprisingly so. But it's just like, how is that not profitable for you to own a mark, a big market team that has had so much success, you know? And then like the Diamondbacks owner has also said some things about that were negative about baseball, and it's just you know, and that makes more sense because he's you know in Arizona. Arizona's been big with this pandemic. Oh yeah. And so as an Arizona-based franchise, you know, you're kind of like, I want to have my people attend the games and be safe. I don't want things you know change so I can almost write that one off but it's what gets me is the Cardinals guy coming out and saying it's not profitable for me to own this team and then it's like well then sell it yeah get rid of the team because clearly you don't care and there's been other owners that have said things anonymously or through people that things have come out that you know and it just seems a vast majority of MLB owners and the MLB commissioner they just don't like baseball and that sucks yeah, it, it does. And even, like you mentioned, the Cardinals surprisingly, like, are you kidding me? You guys are the 11-time World Series champions. You have done the, the impossible, going from small market to now close to big market, and you're saying it's not profitable. It just amazes me. And I think really, um, I think those owners, what they're not seeing the full picture. And even Commissioner Manfred, I, you could say that as well, where they don't see the full picture. I think if it was Bud Selig as commissioner, as someone who loves the game of baseball, who owned the Milwaukee Brewers, like, there would have been something to agree on. And there would have been something that would have allowed to make it profitable. And even even though, it obviously it would be without fans, but, but at least, hey, you got fans that, for some reason, they can't. They haven't been able to attend games mostly because of the time, or or sometimes they don't have the money for it. But at the end of the day, it's like there'll be fans watching you, even if you don't know it. And and yeah, and then even with the, the Arizona Diamondbacks owner, I do agree with what what he said. It is true. As someone who lives in Arizona, born and raised in Arizona, yeah, it is tough right now because. We're one of the states that's being hit the most with the second resurgence of the of of COVID, 
done it before, do it again. Well, and I'm not, you know, saying baseball's not going to pull itself together. Clearly, it will. It always has. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm hoping for. But it just seems, you know, everyone's blaming Rob Manfred for everything that's happened or Tony Clark. we got to remember, guys, Rob Manfred and Tony Clark, they're only employees. They're only, like, representatives of the groups they represent. Yeah. Manfred, the owners, and Clark. Clark for the players. And so, you know, if we just blame everything on them, that's just not fair. That's like blaming everything on the lawyers for a defense case winning or losing versus, you know, which they had a part in, but it's all, or blaming the prosecutors lawyer-wise for winning or losing yeah. a case because it's just like what what's going on, the evidence, if you will, and or what the jury's decided, mm -hmm. that's not on these lawyers. You know, they, they were just trying to do things, yeah. like present a case. They were only doing what they could. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, and I think in that way I'm lax on Rob, Rob Manfred because, you know, he, he's only, he can only do so much and he's only a representative of what a vast majority of owners seemingly do not care about the game. And I don't know if Rob Manfred likes the game of baseball either with some of the things he's tried to do with the game. But, you know, that's different. But, you know, we look at everything that's going to happen, you know, 60 games, 40 divisional games. Yeah. And 20 interleague games within regional divisions. So, like, NL West, 40 games. AL West, 20 games. So, we're going to have, you know, Dodgers-Astros rematch, and that's going to be fun to watch. Mm -hmm. We're going to have Oakland, you know, Dodgers. We're going to have Giants Athletics, which has been a big rivalry. Almost as big as Giants Dodgers, if not bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to have, you know, Colorado mixed in. We're going to have Arizona mixed in. We're going to have these teams mixed in. It's going to be really fun to watch Yankees Nationals. It's going to be fun to watch Phillies Yankees, which is a rematch of like the 09 World yeah, Series. Posters, yeah. So we're going to see all these things again, and it's going to be really cool. And it's going to be really fun because we also get to see Mike Trout play the NL West which has been a while since he's done that. And we're going to see him go against people he's probably not haven't faced in a while. And as a Colorado Rocky fan, I look forward to that because, you know, Mike Trout gets a chance to go play in Colorado or um, Colorado gets a chance to play in Angel Stadium. Yeah. So, question about that. And I don't know if I've listened to this. Are they going to just travel around the stadium or just like in the NBA, they're going to be placed in a certain city and just play there from what i've been, come to understand it's going to be regionally based so you're going to have al east and nl east play in their home stadiums in their region so okay. travels limited within the region okay. so you're not going to have the yankees go to you know la okay so and from what i've understood um we're also not going to have you know the Dodgers go to the Nationals we're, we're, okay. or Toronto. We're not. We're limiting travel. Mm. The one thing we have heard that's kind of similar to, you know, the central plans is they're going to limit umpire travel. So they're going to create the crews and they're going to be assigned. assigned to a region. Oh, okay. So like Joe West and his crew could be assigned to the NL West and AL West. Okay. Or you know, like Central or East, what have oh, you. All right. So they're, they're thinking more about limiting the umpire travel versus team travel 
which makes some sense. But at the same time, I think it's hard to pick a central location, especially yeah. with the resurgence of COVID. Yeah. Like Florida, big hotspot right now. Texas, big hotspot. Arizona, huge hotspot. California has been a big hot spot this entire time. Mm -hmm. So like picking one location to do it is going to be rough. Yeah. So in a way, having regional things, you know, are, are pretty cool, a decent idea. Mm. Whether or not this season actually happens, I want it to happen, but I don't know if it's going to happen with everything resurging right now. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. So basically, if the season happens, which obviously it will, it's just basically say like, the Dodgers just travel to Houston and or like mm -hmm. say the Giants to Oakland. Oh, okay, that that's the travel that they can do as far as playing. Exactly, from what I've understood anyway. Okay. Um. Yeah, the only thing limitations is obviously how many players are going. Um, you're gonna have your taxi squad. You're gonna right now they have a 60 man roster for training camp. Usually yeah. it's 40 or 35 in training camps. Yeah. So it's expanded roster, um, and they're doing kind of a waterfall effect for rosters. So right now it's 60-man roster. Yeah. And once season starts, it's going to go to about 40 or 35, I think. Okay. And then once playoff time ha happens, it's going to be 25. Usually it's the reverse. Yeah. You have 40, 30, 25 yeah. come opening day. And then come September, you get the September – uh, roster expansion which gives you to about 30 or 35 players mm -hmm. especially if you're going into the playoffs that gives you more people to pick and choose from mm -hmm. and rest some guys and try some prospects out in the big leagues yeah. see if they're worth it mm -hmm. so those things are going to be interesting to see the one thing I'm curious about how it's all going to play into everything is the trade deadline obviously oh. with the season starting later the trade deadline is not going to be July 31st like it usually is. Yeah. It's a month later now at August 31st. And that's just weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Think about that. Like, you could be, say, say you're the, say you're the Pirates and you're playing in the East region and then, or well, Central region, and then you get a call, oh, by the way, um, you're, you're going to the Athletics. So you went from Pennsylvania, which, it's, it's, they've obviously been doing well as far as containing COVID to Oakland, California, which has been one of the hotspots for the past since March. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting, really. Like, you're getting traded from what's supposedly the safe zone to, like, I don't know what, I don't know if, it, if it's a danger zone or. Or, or just brutal. I don't know. Like, that's going to be interesting how the GMs approach this, you know? And I think trades are going to be to a minimum because of this. Like, especially if this resurgence keeps going, they're not – players are going to tell their GMs, look, we understand if you trade us, it's a part of the game, but trade us in the off season if you have to. Don't trade us during the season because – we're already putting our lives at risk and our families at risk yeah. with oh, playing yeah. right now. We don't want to endanger them any further by being forced to move, you know, a month into the season. And, you know, this comes to a question, should they be playing at all? I don't know.
want them to play. Let me get get that yeah. straight. I want yeah. to see mm-hmm. a season. The fact that it's July and I'm not seeing baseball games right now stinks. You know, yeah. I can't come home from work and turn a game on anymore because there's no games. And, you know, I don't know what games from the past I really want to watch because I know the results and it's just, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, you know, my birthday is two weeks away and I love to turn on a game or if I'm in somewhere where I can go to the stadium and watch it at the stadium, yeah. I would love to do that. I can't do that this year. So, you know, there's, it's just, it's really weird to be a big baseball fan and not have my usual summer plans going that way. And I understand. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, you saw, like, last year I even went to, to see the D-backs play the Dodgers. And I'm, and I'm a Dodger fan, and it was fun, you know? Now, like, that's not happening. I do, I understand it. Even, as a matter of fact, yesterday, the Mexican Baseball League they canceled. Mm-hmm. Like it's and the last time they canceled, it was pretty much ninety-eight years ago, 1922. It was canceled. And Mexico is as far as how COVID has been doing is pretty much how Italy was and how we were back in March. It's been getting bad and that's another one as well for especially Mexican baseball fans and I have a lot of friends who are huge fans of that league and I've a couple buddies of mine who actually play in, in that league. So, so it's, it's tough. Like, not having baseball, and, but also, I would say if I'm the major leagues, I would try to look at these ball players from Mexico. Be like, okay, let me, let's try them out, see what they can do. And if they, and if they do great, bring them in. And, because I can tell you, I followed that baseball league for about, I'm guessing, Six years. You can find some guys that can help you, that can help the rotation or the lineup and put you over the, over the top. Easily. Mm-hmm. And every time you look at baseball, every team is looking for that missing link. Oh, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, to look at different teams and see, wonder, have they found it? Are they, do they have a shot now? And I'm looking at a picture that, you know, the MLB social media page on Facebook dropped, and it's a picture of the Phillies, Rockies, White Sox, and Angels. And it has, you know, their faces of the franchise, and it has postseason chance with a regular season, what it was predicted uh-huh. back in February, versus postseason chance now. And so, you know, my rocks before, you know, everything shut down. postseason chance. And obviously, you know, they base all these statistics and percentages off of what happened last year. You know, last year, I think, was a Rockies fluke. They, and it's rough to say that because they had a lot of weird clubhouse Mm -hmm. chemistry going on. They were trying to figure out their team. Honestly, I don't know if the Daniel Murphy signing was best for the Rocks, but, you know, they felt that it was needed at the time. And I think the universal DH is really going to help the Rockies out. One thing that really bothered them last year was their outfield play. And it's because Charlie Blackman, you know, great offensive player, his defense, especially lately, has been going downhill. And it's because he's getting older. Mm -hmm. The Rockies out, Coors Field, you know, that outfield is huge. Yeah. Like, and so it's hard as you get older to cover that much ground. 
So the fact that, you know, we have a DH now and Charlie Blackman is still raking, mm-hmm. we can get younger guys out there. You know, David Dolph, who remains healthy, has proven yeah. he's a great outfielder. We have Ramel Tapia, who's proven he's a really great defensive outfielder as well as offensive guy. Mm-hmm. We have this new guy, Samuel Hayward, or Samuel something. I know it's Sam something. Sam Hilliard. Okay. And he was, you know, debuted last late last season, and he showed some promise. So let's get these younger guys in the outfield a chance. You know, they just signed Matt Kemp, probably to help out with the fact that Ian Desmond just announced he was sitting out the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they were trying to they're trying to add some depth um, to their lineup. And so I think that's a great signing. Matt Kemp for years was a thorn in the Rockies' side. So if we can use if he's still got something in the tank and we can utilize that, that'd be great. Now, the next team, a team I want to watch this year, is as well as my Rocks, is my Phillies. Mm-hmm. You know, before they had an 18.2% chance of making the playoffs, which is pretty decent considering in their division you got the Atlanta Braves, Washington Nationals, and New York Mets. They have the Marlins, but no one counts the Marlins yet. They're there, but but no one watches part, the Marlins. But not, but not yet. And so, you know, we look at the talk that was happening around them. If their rotation could figure it out, they would go far. They're also going to be another team that's going to be helped by the universal DH. You know, oh, yeah. they're not going to have a set guy probably, but they're going to platoon some of the veteran guys like Bryce Harper. Andrew McCutcheon is probably going to be the DH more commonly yeah. because he's coming off an ACL, and you want to limit his thing and yeah, his, his rest his anymore. His, 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 uh, how much he's out there on, on mm-hmm. the field. Yeah. And as a DH, that would really help him, get him some good at live at-bats, fast-track his recovery a little bit, while also spraying his, his future because he's yeah. got a decent contract left with the Phillies, oh, yeah. so you want to save that future. That's going to be an interesting team to watch. Mm-hmm. The Angels, who haven't made the postseason in a while. Since 2014. Which, six years ago, man. Yeah. That's a while. And they yeah. didn't even go far that postseason. Well, they got swept by the eventual runner-ups. Right. Wars. So, like, you know, they, they, you know they, they ran into some trouble, but, like, Mike Trout's the growth. He hasn't been in the postseason as often, and that's just the weird thing about baseball. The greatest player of this generation has barely been in the postseason. But before, you know, they've signed, they have Shohei Otani, superstar. He's a dude. Two-way player, great pitcher, coming off Tommy John. You know, he's going to be pitching at least one day a week, hitting four days a week, rest days before and after his pitching. Oh, yeah, Uh uh-huh. They just signed Anthony Rendon, arguably the second best baseman in the entire league, or third baseman in the entire league. You know, great defensive player, great offensive player. We saw what he could do in the World Series. And, you know, they have some guys. They still have Pujols. They still have Pujols. And, you know, I honestly, you know, I get Shohei Otani to be a two-way player. He has to be the DH. But with the way Pujols has been playing lately, he should arguably be the DH. He's not the same player he was in St. Louis. And it's just because as he's gotten older, he's had more injuries, and, you know, he, he can't do as much anymore. Yeah. But he's still a great player, oh, still is, a great yeah. hitter, 
still great defensively at times. Mm-hmm. You see flashes of what, who he who he was. You know, definite mm-hmm. in my opinion, definite Hall of Fame player. Absolutely, yeah, and, and I think the Angels have more to gain. Obviously, you have the bat of Justin Upton. Don't forget about him, that guy. Uh, he will, he's going to be the key if this lineup if for the Angels lineup to move forward. But also their rotation. Like now, it's like I don't even know who half of these guys are. Mm-hmm. But if they can be like the these underdogs, like come out of nowhere, then all right, bring them. But their rotation needs to be fixed either way. So you can't go yeah. far in the postseason without pitching. You just can't. Oh, yeah. You can't win a World Series without a decent rotation. You just can't. You know, the reason the Nats won was eventually their pitching just beat the Astros. That, that's what it boils down yeah. to. They had great hitters, but what it boils down to is Scherzer and Strasburg just being just literal dudes yeah. and literal goats while playing and yeah. pitching and, you know, tossing the pill. Absolutely, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Let's get Mike Trout back in the postseason, even if it's with a weird season. Let's get him back there. Let's get him a World Series title. But yeah, hopefully. the rotation in L.A. has got to figure it out. And, you know, a great lineup can always make up for a decent or okay pitching rotation. That's been Colorado's formula forever, yeah. you know. And who was the Dodgers prospect that when L- L.A. was trying – trading for the Twins, Bruce Stark of Gratterall, the Dodgers sent a prospect over to the Angels that eventually that trade just got cancelled. Oh, that's uh, Gratterall, something like that. No, Gratterall came over to the Dodgers and was going to do the whole time, but the Angels are sent, were getting a dude that is an outfielder for the Dodgers. I can't remember I the guy's name. Jeter Downs or I don't remember. I'll have, to double, I'll have to double check on that. But I think had he continued to go to the Angels, that would have been a perfect addition. Because now we'd have Trout, Otani, Rendon, and then this this guy that I can't remember his name. Mm-hmm. I feel bad, but that was also like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was crazy six months ago. Yeah. So the fact that I can't remember isn't too terrible. The last team that I've been wanting to watch, and I was wanting to watch them – in, since the offseason is the White Sox. They signed, you know, great catcher. Yes, money Grandal. Yeah, yes, money Grandal. They signed a lot of their young stars back, gave them, you know, better MLB contracts, better pay. You know, they signed a whole bunch of players again. They were going to be an interesting team to watch. They were kind of like a dark horse team in the AL Central. Obviously, I, I still think had it been 162 games, Twins would have won it. But White Sox probably would have had a wild card. Yeah. But it would have been interesting to watch. They would have been in that wild card race for sure. 18.7% chance of making the postseason in February before everything shut down. Yeah. Out of all the teams on this list so far, they had the best chance. And that's insane. And obviously they're basing off of what happened last year where all these young stars from the White Sox emerged. Yeah. And their signings and predicting what's going to happen. So obviously this could all be wrong and all these things aren't going to happen. 
but right now they have the out of this these four teams they have the best chance to make it in at thirty six point two percent chance. Mm. Wow. In baseball, that's almost guaranteed you're in. <laughs> yeah. In a sixty game that, season, yeah. that's a guarantee you might be in if yeah. you play right. But you also have to come out of the gate hot. You also have to just and finish strong. And finish strong. Yeah. But if even if you don't finish strong, if you have a great start, winning the first you know twenty or fifteen games. You're gonna make. You're gonna be in talks for postseason this year. Yeah, it's a 60 game season. It's not 162. So if you start out really fast, you know, like the Rockies do, like the Phillies do, mm-hmm. you have a be- greater chance of making the postseason than in the marathon when you need to start kind of somewhat slow and then, or start out hot and stay hot, yeah. or start out somewhat s- slow and then build up. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the White Sox, I'll tell you this. The NL, the AL Central, open. Like the Twins, yeah, they're, they're still the Twins, but they probably need to figure out, okay, what's the pitcher gonna look like? They got the bats, pitching. We'll see. The Indians, we don't know. We we've heard they lost Kluber, which is even though they still have Trevor Bauer, but. Lately, Trevor Bauer has been yapping, yapping, yapping. And they don't even have Bauer anymore. He's with Cincinnati. Oh, well, there it is. There you go. Your rotation is gone. And then you could lose Francisco Lidor after the season for nothing. So, so yeah, the Indians right now, we don't, know what, we don't know what's going on. So, for the White Sox, this is a great opportunity for them to just start hot and just sneak Sneak behind those teams, and even the Royals as well. Don't don't count them out. Even though the Royals are, eh, but you never know. They could. This is also their opportunity as well. And I would say, you know, don't forget about Detroit. But Detroit has been the Miami Marlins of the AL for a while now. Yeah, they'll t- it'll take a while for them. But they're starting to show some promise again. Mm-hmm. And I think when we look at the AL Central, it's really going to be be between the Twins and Chicago. South side of Chicago because mm-hmm. I don't see that with every the turmoil that's going on in uh, Cleveland, I don't see that playing out for anyone's favor in Cleveland. I honestly think we know before the season they were interested in tra- trading Lindor. Is that going to happen this season where they trade him in August? We don't know. It's probable because they're trying to get rid of him and they want something back for him yeah. because we know they're probably not going to sign him back, which is stupid, but they're going to get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Do they want to trade him and get something for him, or do they just want to let him go in the offseason and let him walk? Yeah, just so true. And then even consider the fact that we mentioned the trade deadline. Like, if you decide to trade him from Cleveland to, say, L.A., like... How is he going to be health-wise? Like, will that affect his his play, his health, and even how much is he how much is he risking others as well? So, so I think we'll see what happens. Obviously, we know we're, what we're going to get out of Francisco Lindor, but how how will he handle this mentally? Mm-hmm. And you know, baseball is such a mental game already. Mm-hmm get traded in a global pandemic that's just going to be a mind warp oh yeah and food for thought angels will not do it 
But what if the Angels trade for Francisco Lindor? How much does that set up their future for, for further down the road? Mike Trout, Otani, Rendon, Lindor. With those four guys and build around them, your postseason chances and future World Series chances are like that. They improve drastically. I doubt the Angels have the prospects or anything they're willing to give up to go after Lindor unless they sign him in the offseason. But just that would just be really cool to see. I doubt it's, it's going to happen, but I just think that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it will be. The Dodgers obviously have the capital and the prospects to do it, mm-hmm. but honestly, you always like to make hard, give me a hard time, like, I'll see it till I believe it. And and obviously, they pulled the plug with Mookie Betts. The le- if you heard Mookie Betts say, if we make the World Series and win, I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. If that happens, and then you add for the fact, Francisco Lindor, if they can sign him, which I think they should do it, then you're going to talk about Bellinger, you're talking about Betts, Lindor, you're even talking about um, Gavin Lux, who is starting to rise up as a second baseman, Max Muncy, and then you have a rotation already with Clayton Kershaw. Walker Buehler, which I think he's, he is ready to be an all-star. Obviously, David Price, a World Series winner. The bullpen getting ready to, I'm telling you, if the Dodgers pull, pull this, I think the Dodgers are going to be dominating the NL for a very long time. So, it can go either way for, for each one. But for Francisco Lindor, I think... I expect him to have an MVP season, even if he doesn't win it. But I think he should be in the discussion for MVP, AL MVP, and just kill it. I have a feeling that's what's going to happen with him. But, but other than that, we're going to see a very interesting baseball season, no matter what happens. And and all we expect is just more drama and. More managers getting ejected, mm-hmm. like always, and and just play ball. And going back to the trade for Mookie Betts and that trade to the Angels, where we couldn't remember the guy's name, I just looked it up. That was Jock Peterson. Oh yeah, Jock Peterson. Thank you. I forgot about that. So, forgot about if, you know, okay, and he's a rising guy. Jock Peterson, Otani, Trout, Rendon, Lindor. That's a super team right there. Would it happen? No. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, in what if scenarios, that's a really good team. You know, and you just made maybe three more decent guys, and then a f- decent pitchers in your rotation mm-hmm. and bullpen, and you're set. Because time and time again, if you have a good offense, your pitching will pick up because they're trying to help. It's, it's a team dynamic. They're trying to help everybody yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So... Are I, my biggest question for this year and obviously next year is: Are the Angels going to build around Trout as they're starting to show they are? Are they going to continue that? Will Joe Madden help Trout and the Angels continue to postseason and maybe even World Series glory? Lest we forget, Joe Madden started his managerial careers, you know, and 
his coaching career with the Angels. Yeah, he was the bench coach, yes. So he started with the Angels. He wants to see them go. So is he the guy that pushes them there? Or is it going to be, he going to be a stepping stone to the next guy who push, gets them there? That's going to be my next question for the next few years. Yeah, it will be. Obviously, he comes from the... He learned from Mike Sosha, so I can see that happening. I know you know what we're going to get out of Joe Madden. But yeah, that is an interesting question that you mentioned. And, and really, what that if he does bring that Chicago mentality, how he did things, then... Then yes, uh, he could be the guy that will lead him. But like you said, there's a lot of question marks. Going to question marks with managers, Joe Girardi now with the Phillies. Yeah. Obviously, being a former New York Yankee manager, you understand how to handle pressure of big market. Philly, big market. Oh, yeah. Not as big as New York, but still a big mm-hmm. market. How he knows how to do that, he's experienced knows how to handle pressure, knows how to how to handle veterans and younger guys, mm-hmm. knows how to manage the game. He was a former catcher. Oh, yeah. So, like, how's he going to help Bryce Harper in the Phillies? I think, honestly, we could see a Philadelphia Philly Angel World Series within the next few years because of these two managers. Yeah, why not? I, I will go out and say I predict that right now because the way those teams are building and things are doing – and the way other teams around them in their divisions are starting to fall and the way the league is going, I could see them really taking off here shortly. And maybe this season is the season that starts, you know, their rise to prominence again, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I could. Uh, I won't make that prediction yet because, like, obviously, Joe Girardi helps the Phillies' chances. I do expect them making the playoffs. But really, it all comes down to pitching, pitching, pitching. And obviously the Phillies, they're getting better at it. The Angels, we don't know. It's, it's always been a question mark. But, but it's going to be interesting. And even, even it's going to be interesting how we're going to see the Yankees. I know everybody's like, oh, the Yankees. But hey, everybody watches them, especially adding Garrett Cole. Pit, like he probably is the biggest pickup that happened because the Yankees pitching wise, there was inconsistency. One day, oh yeah, like the Yankees pitching is the best in, in baseball. Next thing, they sucked. And I'm like, what what the heck just happened? But adding someone like Garrett Cole, it's gonna make the Yankees ease at the rotation, make them more relaxed make them more focused. And obviously, Jericho is on a mission because what happened in Houston was pretty bad. He should have been out there for Game 7, but he wasn't. I don't know what the manager was thinking, but that's a whole different discussion. But he is on a mission. And and also, we know the Yankee offense that they bring. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, that's why they are, they're known as the Bronx Bombers. And I... I see this Yankee team as well on a mission, and I'm going to be honest with you. I hope we get to see a Dodger Yankee World Series. Which hasn't happened in years. It hasn't happened since 1981. 1981, which is Fernando Mania, which we'll learn about him later on. But 
that World Series will make people watch two brands of baseball. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I'm not a Yankee hater. I'm not a Yankee lover. I'm a Yankee mediocre guy. I watch them when I want to. I don't shy away from that. You know, I'm not the biggest Yankee guy, but I'm also not a guy that's saying, you know, Garrett Cole's the next big thing. You know, he's excellent pitcher, definite Hall of Famer in my opinion. He's going to go places. I just don't know if he's the guy that brings the Yankees out of whatever loop funk they're in. I think they need a few more pitchers. They need a few more guys to step up. Can Garrett Cole be the guy that says, hey, guys, step it up? Oh, yeah, he definitely can be. Is that going to be what the Yankees need? Most likely. But what effect will that have on the team dynamic? Where, you know, the Yankees seem to be a lot more fun-loving and just, you know, let's just go have fun. Whatever happens, Mm -hmm. happens. Where Garrett Cole is boom, 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 right? It almost seems like who Garrett Cole is is a direct difference to what the Yankees team clubhouse dynamic has been for a while. So it's going to be interesting to see will there be rub-ups and things. And a lot of it could just be how Houston was and how Garrett Cole was in Houston Mm -hmm. with the cheating scandals going on and everything. So, like, that could be a big part of it. Oh, yeah. Um, So maybe we get – and we know Garrett Cole loved to – have fun and has fun when he pitches. You know, we watch his Pittsburgh days. Yeah. We watch his Houston days. We know he has fun out there. Will he loosen up in New York, or will he? You know, and or will the market get to him? Will he be, continue to be maintain who he is? Because this is the first time he's been in an absolute huge market, and if you're not ready for that, it can destroy you. Oh yeah. And so, is that something? he's going to be okay with or not I don't know and so that's my big question mark around the Yankees is how will Garrett Cole handle the big market of New York some free agents can be there and thrive some just can't and end up getting traded away so it's going to be interesting to see is Garrett Cole going to stick it out or will he have to opt out or and get traded yeah it'll be interesting and but yeah it'll it will. I don't know what to say, but other than, then you're right. Like big markets, like how do you approach it? It's so different. Like right away, you could like I could say probably, in like in basketball, you can tell right away if he's a big market or a small market guy. Right away, and I've seen it a dozen times where I'm like, why would he go sign there? That's not him. Once you get traded to the small market, oh, they're all stars, mm-hmm. right away. Baseball, I would say, it takes a season to know, or two, if he's a big market guy. So, I would say, as much as I love Garrett Cole, I think he's a great pitcher, you mentioned it, Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. But yeah, I think, looking back at it, we have to wait, I would say give him this season, obviously, if he struggles, okay, that's a pass. I'll give him a pass. It's a unique season. It's a yeah. freak. Yeah, it's a freak. Yeah, you mentioned it. But next season, I want to see, okay, how does he, what adjustments has he made? And I guess for any free agent that signs in the big market, 
how does he approach it? Obviously, I know what I'm going to get with Mookie Betts. He came from Boston, and that's a big market. And you go to another big market, obviously, Baker Pond, L.A., he's going to handle it well. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, we have yet to see what will happen. I know he he's going to do what he's going to do, but the adjustments he's going to make to go to the Yankees, where it's nothing but World Series, and I tell you, if George Steinbrenner was alive, he will be at their case the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be his approach and his adjustments, and if he does it well, well, we're going to see a Cy Young out of this guy. Mm-hmm. And that would be wonderful. And I think, you know, I think he will adjust and make the adjustments, but he's going yeah. to struggle for a while. But... With Garrett Cole, he's that Yankee mindset of World Series or bust. He was that way in Houston. Yeah. He's that. He's going to be, remain that guy in New York. I have no doubt about that. But will he be able to handle New York's market, where every New Yorker will give you crap if you perform poorly? You know, Jeter when he was playing, he said it himself. You know, not every guy can handle New York. Yeah. Is Garrett Cole someone that can't handle it? Or is he someone that can be like, you know, shrug it off and be like, I'm just having an off day or an off year. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see what, through the next nine, ten years as he plays in New York. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, obviously in New York, they'll care about the regular season. They obviously want you to make the playoffs. But in the postseason, that's where they're going to judge you more. Like, you, you did well. Like, awesome. Like, you will be, you'll see your name in Monument Park. No question. But, if you lay an egg, nobody will want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Or if they do, they'll be like, yeah, he was good, but he did this game so-and-so. Cost us the championship. And it's sad, but it's, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's just how baseball is. So, yeah. I want the season to come. Will it happen? I don't know. I honestly think, with the way the pandemic's going right now, we need to continue to put sports on hold. At least because it's seemingly not safe yet. I want them back. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I want baseball back. I want hockey back. Heck, I would want basketball back. I just want sports back. Mm-hmm. But it seems right now it's not safe. And I want it safe for fans, players, and staff of these teams to participate. And right now it just does not seem safe. Yeah. And but uh, for one thing is for sure, these leagues are doing everything that they can to make sure everything is safe, that protocols are being followed, and... I believe that if these protocols are being followed as it is, then it will be fine. I, and like I mentioned at the beginning of episode three, I would go and ask Europe, those soccer leagues, how are you guys are doing it? Because, look, we live in a, a great world where collaboration is crucial, important. So... Go ask them, how are you guys doing it? What protocols? I know it's a soccer stadium, but it's still a stadium. Like, either or. What are you guys are doing to make to make players safe? Coaches.
think right now, Europe as a continent has been doing a great job leading the charge. I think baseball, along with the NBA, NHL, heck, even football, should listen. And when they listen, the, then we're going to have, we probably won't have fans, but we're still going to have games, mm -hmm. we're still going to have controversy, and that is what we and so in sports and everybody, all sports fans, want to see. Oh yeah, for sure. But as long as it's safe. Yes. For everybody. You know, if we keep, if they do that and things look like they're going to be safe, mm -hmm. these health protocols look like it's going to be safe, let's go for it. You know, but athletes are creatures of habit. They're going to slip every so often. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. We're creatures of habit athletes. So to tell us we can't do our process is going to mess with us even further. So it's going to be interesting, but everyone's saying we're going to we're willing to do it for this season because we want to play. So let's let it, let's we'll go through it. But they're going to slip, they're going to forget, and that's okay. But don't make the punishment so harsh to not only discourage future things, but just dis discourage them from playing even further. Tensions between MLB and MLBPA is so tense already. You don't want to have things erupt and explode. Yeah. So, you know. But I think, you know, MLB coming back, I'm excited. I'm so excited to watch yeah. baseball. I've hated this summer and not watching baseball. Yeah. I just have hated it. Like, I've watch, been watching so many shows on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. I'm like, I need something else to watch. I need baseball back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. We all do just something. But I think at the end of the day, you mentioned it. As long as it's safe, then do it. And and I think this is how we should wrap up this episode. But really, go out there, baseball. Lead the charge. And, and please... When you play the game, play how you play with fun, energy, and show that, hey, we're living in a tough world, but at the end of the day, there's always a bright, there's always a light in the tunnel that will lead us to happiness and also will lead us to having fun once again on this earth. So that wraps up episode six of Soren Sports po Podcast. We'll go into episode seven and we will give you the surprise topic that we're going to talk about next on episode seven. So stay safe, my friends. Keep listening on Spotify for the other episodes and have a wonderful day. You know, and don't forget Apple Podcasts. We're there too. Everyone, look for the light in these times. You will find it. Peace out, everybody.